This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well, Charlie's changed uh, a great degree. Uh, wait, no, that isn't Charlie. That's Dennis Flanagan, for gosh sakes, from <laughs> Landscape Ontario. And uh, you shall be sitting in for Charlie today, right? That's right. And don't none of the beauty and brains uh, jokes here. Yeah, no, okay. no. <laughs> You're not going to get any of the beauty, that's for sure. Uh, tell me a little bit about Landscape Ontario by way of payment here for your services. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. We're the Provincial Association for the Green Industry, really. Um, over 2,000 members across the province. So right. we, we reach all of your listeners, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice, uh, from down in Windsor to Ottawa to up in the uh, Barrie region. And um, uh, really, uh, who belong to our association are, are landscape contractors, irrigation companies, garden centers, anything to do with the horticultural industry. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a great resource, too, for people great, wanting services. Absolutely. Come to our website at, at landscapeontario.com. Um, two things I'm going to suggest. If, if, uh, if uh, Charlie's so busy they can't get their garden questions answered, you can come actually to our website. And we partner with the Master Gardeners, mm-hmm. um, who Charlie and I both belong to. And uh, you can enter a garden question on our website and get it answered. Um, and then if you're looking for professional help, um, you know, laying patios, that doing mm-hmm. planting, all that sort of stuff, um, you can just enter your postal code and a list of um, uh, professional contractors in your area will pop up. Well, now there you go. Yeah. Good service. Now, back to our service here, which yes. is providing some of the answers that gardeners might have in Charlie's absence. Dennis is going to do a great job as usual. And uh, so the numbers to call, my friends... Here in the Garden Show on AM 740, 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area callers. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm Frank Proctor, by the way, and uh, James Dooley, our producer in there, all set to take those phone calls. He'll be the first voice you uh, actually hear. And uh, I see the calls are coming in fast and furious. But before that, let's uh, do a little bit of um, review of some of the items that uh, we want to give yeah, a little Frank, note and I, to. And I know you and Charlie love, love to do this, which yes. is to spread the good word of horticulture. Uh, and so many uh, horticultural societies send in some notices. i uh, got a great one here from the Hamilton and District Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Society. And they have the, and what a great time of year for that. They have their annual flower show uh, this weekend, the oh, 7th great. and 8th, at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Uh, and, and that's on Plains Road West in, mm-hmm. in Burlington. Open to the public uh, between 1 and 5 today and 11 to 3 tomorrow. Um, and th- this is a very, frank, a high-intensity competition for lovers of chrysanthemums and dahlias. And I'm sure Char- Charlie has shared with, with the listeners that, that, that you are a thespian. 
Is, is that, uh, yes, is, is that's that true. true? I, yes. I've done a little bit of acting from time to time. Yes. So um, I thought uh, if I could put you on, on, on the hot seat for a minute, <laughs> um, we, we've actually been sent out of general interest for those yeah. lovers of these flowers – the, the decorative division uh, themes. So, Frank, I'm going to hand this to you. And how about you describe the first couple of um, ah, ent- entries? I see. Well, here we go with Rhythm and Blooms, a multi-rhythmic design exhibited on a pale green open pedestal 40 inches high with a 16-inch square top. Uh, allotted design space, 30 by 30 by 48. Uh, background, grey stone wall and multi-rhythmic design, a creative design with emphasis on two or more themes in the design. And there are a maximum of five entries. That is beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> I can see it's going to be a nutty show. <laughs> a talent you are, my friend. A talent. <laughs> Got time for a few more? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Ontario uh, Rock uh, Rock Garden Society, um, another um, wonderful um, uh, society to belong to. Sent in uh, from Rosemary Dobson, which is a great friend of Charlie and myself. Uh, so the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meeting on Sunday. September the 8th at 1.30 at the Toronto Botanical Gardens and Winter Blooming Bulb Speaker, Matt Matthias. Um, and that's, that would be a wonderful event to, to visit. So, And if during the show we can fit in another one, yeah. we will, Frank. That, that is great. We've got to take a little break here and we'll be back to speak to, I believe, a first-time caller coming up in just a few moments here on The Garden Show from AM740. Dennis Flanagan sitting in for Charlie today. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, welcome back to uh, the advice from Dennis Flanagan today. And as I indicated, we do have a first-time caller on the line, Mrs. Petro. That little that little ringing of the bell to welcome you, and you are now officially uh, a holder of wings, I guess, uh, of the garden show. <laughs> How are you this morning? Fine, thank you. And it's Porto, P-U-R-T-O. Oh, I'm so. Oh, there we are. Okay, that's okay. I misread it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, uh, What's your question for Dennis? Okay, my question is this. I have a blue spruce out in the front, and I I have trouble with the cats the last few years going under the tree and dirtying and all around the tree, and I would like to put some white rocks, but I'm not sure if it'll kill the tree. Can the water still go through? Well, what a great, great question, because that comes up a lot um, with, with cats, and it's usually not your own cat, is it? It's usually a neighbor's cat. But, but anyway, uh, great, great suggestion, because you're dealing with two things, the acidity of the soil underneath that spruce tree, uh, which um, once it gets so acidic, not a lot of things will grow. So uh, your decorative approach is a good idea, the, the, the white stones. Um, I would suggest two things. One, and your question was, will the water seep through? And yes, it will, and that's a good thing for the tree. Um, but to stop um, any any weeds coming up, I, I would go out and get a commercial-grade landscape fabric first. Um, make sure you've leveled the area. Put, put the landscape fabric down. And here's the trick, um, is to put a, a, a layer of wire mesh down before you put the, the white decorative stones down. And why I'm saying that is what happens is when, 
when that uh, um, in, in, inquisitive little moggy comes along and starts digging again, um, you know, to, to use that as, as their washroom, they'll get their claws um, uh, just stuck in the wire for a second. It won't hurt the cat, but it's enough to sort of say, hey, this isn't, this isn't a great place. And, 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 and they'll go and choose one of your other neighbors to, to do their business. So and then and then put your decorative stone down and um, absolutely beautiful solution. Hey, there you go. Okay, I've already done with the wire. I put it all oh. around the tree outside. I've had to do that all summer. Well done. Way. But I haven't put, like you say, I, I never thought of putting it under the rocks, but I just wanted to make sure that I've put the rocks there. I don't want to kill the tree. You won't. Beautiful tree, and it's been there a few years. Yeah, as long as, as, long as you're using the mistake, the absolute mistake some people do is they put a plastic down underneath the decorative rock, and that's a they, big... What did they put down, sorry? Pl- they, they'll put plastic down. No, uh, no, I didn't want to do that. Well done, because uh, that's a big no-no, because that's impervious and will stop the water coming through. So you're doing... You're doing all the right steps, um, and I can see a nice color contrast between the spruce and the white stones. But good for you. Okay. That, that's, that's, I think, the answer, and uh, you seem to be doing everything all right. Okay, great. Thank you very, very and much. thank yeah. you for Thanks calling in. Thank you very in. much for taking my call. You betcha. Okay. Uh, joining us uh, for the very first time there, another first-time caller. Okay. Hey, uh, on we go to the next call, and it's a caller from Scarborough, Dennis. Joyce. Mm-hmm. Hi. Welcome to the show, Joyce. Uh, good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Joyce. I used to watch you when you were on that Rogers station in Scarborough. Oh, my goodness. That's you... many moons ago. That is many moons ago, yes. And thank you. That was a lot of fun, that show. I know. What I'm calling about is I have three urns to the front of the townhouse with um, hostas, three different types of hostas. I have a, a, one of them is blue, um, blue-green, and um, the others have white. One of them has white around the edges and one solid white in the, in the center. Now, what I've noticed this year, and I've had this about, oh, this is my fourth year of having these urns there, is that the white in the uh, the center of this 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 um hosta is turning brown? Uh-huh. Is, is there a rust? Is there a hosta rust or? What yeah. am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. Um, it, it, there is a rust. By your description, I doubt that's what you've got. Um, my suspicion is uh, it's a secondary uh, condition. Uh, there was probably a little bit of a, a, a bug action there in the summer, be it an earwig or a slug. Um, that's maybe since moved on. And this is a secondary reaction to that little bug attack. Um, Beauty of this uh, question is hostas, as we know, are, are um, you know they're perennial. They're going to die down for the winter time. Uh, so just make sure, Joyce, that any of the leaves that are left in the fall time that you gather up, you know, when they go brown, and and and, and get rid of them um, because if it is a bit of a, a rust or a fungus disease, it's going to overwinter in the soil of the pot and we could have a few problems. So just make sure you're a good uh, gardening housekeeper this fall. Clean up all those leaves, uh, get rid of them, maybe mix in um, a little bit of sulfur powder into the soil uh, if it is, again, a fungus disease, and uh, you're, you're good to go to enjoy another beautiful season of hostas next year. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Joyce. Thanks Goodbye. for the call, Joyce. And that leaves a line open here for the Garden Show. Dennis Flanagan sitting in for uh, Charlie today. And for Toronto area callers, here's the number, my friends, 416-360-0740. And for anywhere else in the province, 
toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll return to our callers after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm the sous chef of The uh, Garden Show, Frank Proctor, and we're joined today by Dennis Flanagan, sitting in for Charlie while she's on a little bit of a vacation. And, uh, gee, we've got somebody calling in from Kitchener right now. Don is on the line. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you this morning? Great, thank you. Absolutely great. Good. Uh... I've got a Japanese maple in my backyard, and it's forever seeding down little uh, Japanese maples. Mm-hmm. And I can I can never get one to survive. Now I just wondered: is there something I should? I got one that's about six to eight inches tall right now. Mm-hmm. So, so Don, what have, what have you tried in the past? How, how have you tried to keep that little uh, little? Well, I I just thought I. I've left them in the ground and kind of protected them a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. I lose them. When you when you try and dig them up, that's when you lose them, do you? Uh, well, I haven't I haven't tried to dig one up yet. Oh, so they just disappear on their own? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Uh, well, they're, they're probably you know um, sort of fizzling out because they got uh, too much sun or don't get enough water. What I'm going to suggest, actually, uh, Don, is you uh, cheat a little bit. Um, uh, don't let the uh, seeds drop to the drop to the ground. Why don't you collect a few of the uh, seeds and uh, directly sow them in, into a, a four to six inch pot with a very light medium. And when I say a light medium, something like peat moss and, and vermiculite mixed together. Um, and and try to uh, start your own uh, little Japanese maple nursery. And you probably would have better success uh, because you, you're starting it off in your own soil mix. I see. Yeah, I think I'd be. This one that's in the garden now, it's like six, it's about six to eight inches tall. Is there any way that I could uh, put it in a pot now? Yeah, let's try it. Uh, Great idea. Uh, Of course, the secret is is you've got to try to get as much um, soil around that root system as you can. This is absolutely wonderful uh, time of year to be doing it. Uh, So again, get that pot. Uh, pre pre fill it uh, with that with that mixture that light mixture. Soak it. Soak that pot before you attempt to put the uh, the little seedling in. Um, try to get as much soil as you can as as you lift it up. Um, uh, make sure you're firming the roots into the pot when you replant it into the pot. And the secret, Don, is to keep that in a protected shady spot for the winter. So probably oh, on the. Bring it in. No, no, don't bring it in. No, it's an outdoor plant. So you want to put it, say, on the north side of the house, uh, in the shade, uh, put right against the, the house for a bit of protection, maybe throw some leaves over it for the winter. And uh, I think you're, you're going to have luck this time, Don. Yep. Would I bury the pot? You can do. Yeah, you can do. Uh, if you're going to do that, make sure you use a little plant tag to mark it. Yeah. Because if you're a bit like Frank and myself, you might, might sort of forget things over the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens, you know. <laughs> so, Don, just mark it uh, uh, and get a get a you know. Make sure you're using uh, you know a water water uh, water resistant marker. Go to a um, a plant store and and they'll give you sell you a tag and a plant marker and and put down Japanese maple seedling. Put that in the ground, bury it, and cover it with leaves. And give us a call or give Charlie a call and Frank in the spring and, and let us know if we were successful. 
Okay. That's great, Don. Thank you very much, Don. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I sure hope, uh, Dennis, that uh, officials from Revenue Canada aren't <laughs> listening when uh, when you exhibited uh, your tendency to cheat. You said cheat a little bit, and I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, they're going to be checking things on you, my friend. No, we don't. <laughs> we, don't we don't want, uh, no, we definitely don't want those guys coming no, no. around. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue on here. We've got a call in from Caledon. Sandra, good morning, Sandra. Good morning, gentlemen. Good gentlemen. Wow. We are impressed, Sandra. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that both of us, our eyebrows both went up. <laughs> How can we help you? Well, I was just calling this morning, hoping to be able to mention the Ontario Hospice Society annual uh, general meeting and auction. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, that's being held tomorrow, and it starts at 12.30. It runs to about 4.30 in the afternoon. We have light refreshments, and we have a, a really amazing auction every year. And it's being held at the R.J. Murphy Auditorium, which is in Mississauga. And the address there is 6435 Edward Boulevard. And we're hoping to see as many people out as possible. It's always an amazing event and lots of time to still get stuff planted. That's, Very good. That's a great plug. And So if we get some hosta calls today, which I know we will, um, uh, we've already had one, uh, we should uh, – is there a contact uh, number, Sandra, someone could contact you? Absolutely. It's a toll-free number, 866-742-7155. That's that's very cool. I mean, hostas yeah. are, are such a big thing in in the industry. And Sandra, I th- I, I believe your uh, association actually use our our association, Landscape Ontario, for your annual hosta tour, don't you? We do. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we had a tour, our bus tour. I am the bus tour coordinator oh. currently, and our bus tour this year took us over to uh, New York State. <gasps> wow! It was fantastic. Three amazing gardens. It was such an, a spectacular day. Wow! And just to go back to Frank's uh, earlier comment about in. Land Revenue, uh, you, you weren't smuggling any little hosta plants. <laughs> no, we had to slap our wrists. We didn't. And we really appreciate Landscape Ontario for allowing us to park at their facility and take our bus out of there, and we know everything's secure, so thank you very it's all, much. It's always our pleasure. What okay. You, thanks, I, I'm going to repeat that phone number for you, Sandra. It's one 866 and uh, it all happens tomorrow, correct? Correct. All righty. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, and uh, great success with Thank that you. show. Have a okay. great day. Bye-bye now. Bye. Yeah, it's nice to help out folks who are putting on, uh, you know, really worthwhile things. And, you know, it's, and Frank, and, and that's why you, you guys do such a good job here, because it's, you know, it's always not-for-profit, right? Yep. It's always a bunch of volunteers. Well-meaning, wonderful volunteers getting together mm-hmm. and, and making our lives uh, greener, which is fabulous. Speaking of making life greener, uh, we were greeted with rain this morning. We were. Uh, driving in from St. Catharines, I didn't encounter any till I got to the station. And when I went to get you at the front door, it was pelting down. So, But very welcome, huh? Yes, and, and you actually saw me in the parking lot on my knees uh, <laughs> praying because I thought this was the greatest thing. Uh, in my garden, Frank, my garden is... Is so dry. Uh, it's you know how I, dry is your garden? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, a few days ago, I've got a, a you know bare patch in my garden. I planted some beautiful uh, copper-colored nine barks and some uh, matching uh, pink anemones. Um, beautiful little setting. But I came out this morning and their little leaves were curling oh, up, boy, and I yeah. I was looking skyward. 
you know, I know everyone that's on the wonderful charity walks that are going on today and things like that might might not agree with us today, but uh, the gardens are needed. That's for sure. Okay, well, we need another call right about now. Let's turn to Lori from Newcastle. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you guys? Great, thank you. Good. I have a question regarding a blue spruce. Um, it must be 30 years old. It must be about 50 to 60 feet high. Beautiful specimen. A great shape to it. But it's on a front lawn that really it's too large for the lawn. Um, the lawn must be 50 feet across by uh, 30 to 40 feet before you hit the house. And my front lawn, it starts off great in the spring, and then that's it. It just It's bumpy, it's dry, the grass is dying, and I'm just wondering if it's coming from the tree. Oh, more than likely, Oi. Um, you know, in, in the industry, we call that the puppy syndrome, where 30 years ago, someone bought a, a darling little blue puppy and took it home and watered it and fed it. And, and 30, 40 years later, it's a, you know, it's a monster Great Dane. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a very common problem, uh, Laurie, and we see it all across the province. And, and to answer your question, yes, I think it's coming from the roots. It's coming from the acidity of, of the needles. Um, best thing I could suggest is this is the fall that you maybe explore, um, maybe removing uh, you know, a lot of that grass area, particularly the part that's being affected. Amend the soil, making sure that you're adding bone meal. And, and look at some of the wonderful selection of ground covers that are out there. Um, be it you know a jugo or sweet woodruff, something that would do well under a spruce tree and give you just as nice uh, decorative look to the front of your property that that, that that grass would. So worth it, worth exploring that. That would, would are you talking like the whole front lawn be ground cover? I I, I, I doubt it. Um, so often when I I go in and consult on a property, uh, you can actually pick out the worst area. Uh, do a nice design with with some sort of curve in it that leaves uh, a good portion of of the lawn because uh, we all need uh, wonderful lawns uh, in the in the world and then the bad parts of of the lawn uh, take it up and and replace it with a with a fresh look a lovely ground cover and I think you'd be very happy because you'll you'll have three dimensions to your front garden then um, a healthy lawn a beautiful spruce tree and something new to look at with a with a new ground cover so. I don't think that would fly here. Oh dear. <laughs> Are you telling us someone else should be on the line? <laughs> no, it, it's just that it it's a long it's a long stretch of grass. Now when I moved into this house, there wasn't one flower, one shrub and I've done landscaping in front of the house. Good for you. Um but on either side of the tree, it, well the whole lawn by the this time of the year, it's just sparse. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd kind of have to either, I don't know, recover the whole thing in new sod, or yeah. I like I overseed every year. I yeah, fertilize. I lay down topsoil. How about you do me a favor, Lloyd? Yep. Do can you run an experiment for me in Newcastle? Sure. Um, take a small patch of that this fall, and 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 do what I'm suggesting. Um, dig a small patch of it up close to the spruce tree. Uh, amend the soil. Um, pick a ground cover that, that you like the look of. Uh, and, and plant a few plants um, and, and do a neighborhood survey um, in, in the spring and, and, and see, uh, see if I'm right. And if I'm wrong, you can blame Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> thank you, Lori. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah.
for being a straight-up gal, too. <laughs> That's not going to fly here. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to love much. it. Gave us a little, good little giggle there. I, I, I know. Frank, and, and, and you know this in the business that you're in, but uh, I have a landscape, you know, a card that on one side says uh, certified landscape designer and then on the other side says marriage counselor, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> all righty. We have to take just a little bit of a break, and we'll be back very shortly with Dennis Flanagan as he sits in, and ably so might I say, for uh, Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor, back in just a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Dennis, at the uh, start of that little break, uh, Gene Stevens, of course, talking about one of my favorite shows on the station, Vintage Favors. Yeah. He does a great job on that every week. And uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah. I can't. I, I wonder if he's going to include one of my favorites, a boy named Sue. Uh, so we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. A legend. A yeah. legend, indeed. Yeah. yeah, and Hank Williams, too. My gosh. Yeah. Well, let's see. We've got uh, other callers coming in here right now and from Paisley, Ontario. Grace is on the line. Good morning and welcome to the show, Grace. Good morning. Good morning, Grace. I have, uh, this past year, I planted lilies in pots. Okay. And I'm wondering what I should do with them for the winter. Now, Grace, do you know what type of lilies they are? Well, one was a stargazer, and yep. I forget the names of the others. Okay, so maybe Asiatic uh, yeah. style, of, style of lilies. Yeah. Um, so you've been growing them in containers? I put them in pots this year because I didn't have a place in the garden. Yeah. Do you have a place now that you can put them? Um, I might have. I. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I tell you, Grace, they're way better off in in the ground for the winter than they are in pots. That okay. that's for sure. So, uh, even if it's a temporary uh, stopover for the winter time, if yeah. you can find, um, you know, a little a little space uh, in the garden where you can uh, dig an eight to twelve inch uh, hole, um, I would s- keep it, keep the lilies in the pots, but put them in the ground for the winter. They'd be nicely protected from the the cold, the 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 frost. Um, and again, as I suggested earlier um, uh, to an earlier caller, uh, gather up some of those leaves uh, that you're going to rake this fall. Don't give them all to the brown bag collectors. No. Keep, keep some for yourselves yeah. and, uh, and use it to, to mulch over those, those pots. And again, that little tip of, of marking, so important because yeah. you'll, you're, you're, if you're like me, you'll forget, you'll forget where the heck you, you put them. <laughs> so would you have to put new soil on them in the spring? Or? Uh, in the pots themselves, what I would do is when you bring them up in the uh, springtime is just uh, very lightly with a, with a small uh, trowel or garden, small uh, garden fork, just go around the top of that pot. And yes, add a little bit of uh, fresh uh, compost. That's what I would be adding to those lilies in the spring. Um, yeah, that that would be uh, the best thing best thing to do. So, would it be better though to take them out of the pots and just put them in no, the ground? No, because what you're going to do is disturb the root system this time of year, and you don't want to do that. Um, okay. So it's a lot better to leave them in the pot. When you lift them next year, add that little bit of compost. You can uh, then decide whether there's a permanent spot in the garden or whether you're going to size it up, size the pot up a little bit, and grow them as a container plant again for the summer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were lovely, though. Oh, aren't they? they they're beautiful. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. Um, and they seem to come into the, the uh, they flourish at the end of the season often, yeah. which is kind of nice. And yeah. um, I just, uh, thanks, Grace. 
Okay. And I just thought, Frank, when I mentioned yeah. compost there. Thank you there. very much. Yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. Right, and, and, and for Grace, too, um, uh, next week is uh, National Compost Week. Oh, really? Yes. And big conference here in Toronto uh, from very knowledgeable people in the soil and compost industry coming to Toronto. And uh, if, uh, if people listening today do not have a compost uh, um, a compost bin in their, their gardens. Um, this would be the fall to do it. Please uh, do it. It's a wonderful way to garden, and everyone should have one. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, good stuff happening on the show this morning, uh, Dennis. Another first-time caller on the line. That's for you, Dave, in Oshawa. Welcome to the show. Good morning, fellas. Hi. Hey, Dave. Have you ever yeah, had... I got a question for you. I have uh, five maples around my property. Hmm. And uh, I have two that have been thinning out for the last couple of years. And uh, now they're, uh, they're, uh, the leaves are, are falling off early. Mm-hmm. Like right now I go out in the yard and uh, leaves are everywhere because the leaves are just dying off the tree. I was wondering how I could help these trees. The other three trees are uh, doing fine, except mm-hmm. for these two. Mm-hmm. They're, they're thinning out very fast. Yeah, yeah, Dave, yeah, very uh, great question because it's such a common question across the province over the last couple of years. Probably Norway maples, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and, and they've suffered some ailments over the last couple of years, one of them being anthracnose, which is a, a, a fungus disease. Uh, tar spot is another that attacks the leaves. Um, regardless of what it is, this thinning out and, and, and slow decline of the tree is, is concerning. So uh, what I would suggest... Dave is is two things. This fall, um, if you can actually uh, put a two-inch layer of, of mulch, something like leaves or compost around the base of the tree, uh, that will help it get through the winter. And then uh, look at doing a, what's called a deep root uh, fertilization in the springtime. Uh, so when the sap is rising, and, and as we all know, maples, you know, uh, maples do that in the spring, the sap rises. Uh, if you're injecting fertilizer into the soil, uh, the tree naturally will draw up that fertilizer. And the best, absolutely, Dave, the best treatment you could give those those maple trees. You can attempt it yourselves by, uh, you know, buying a, um, a root feeder from a, a garden center and attaching it to your hose. Uh, that does work. Or um, uh, consider... Uh, contacting a, a tree company, a tree care company, and having them come in. They'll come in with a truck and a great big long hose and an injector system on the end of it and, and do a wonderful professional job of injecting those trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Good stuff, Dave. Thank, thank you for thank coming. Thank you very much, folks, for your help. Thank okay, you. you're, you're very welcome. All right, cheers, and have a great day. Thank you so much. Same to yourself. Yep, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Um, I have a little note that Charlie had left for us here. Uh, oh, you can't see. read that one. Frank. I can't read that no, one? No. Why? Well, if Charlie, well, it might be have something rude in it if she <laughs> left it. <for> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought he was serious for a minute. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, North Toronto Horticultural Society has their big annual show comes up tomorrow at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, second floor studios. That's at 777 uh, Lawrence Avenue East. Open to the public from 1 to 4, and here's the good part, admission absolutely free. So I hope you take advantage of that. As we get back to our callers, and here is another first-time caller, Bill in Mississauga. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, hey, great, good. Bill. How, how was it to have, have your bell rung on, on live, <laughs> live radio? I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> 
Bill, uh, Frank loves to ring that bell for f- first-time callers. I just wondered how, how that was for you. Having... Yeah, I heard it. Did yeah. you? Well yeah. done. I did. <laughs> anyway, I have a question about nematodes. Yes. Um, Charlie had said uh, earlier in the year to get nematodes and spread them around mid to late August, mm-hmm. at which I did. I bought some, and uh, it was like a like a, a brownish kind of powder in a bag. Yeah. They were refrigerated. Yeah. Is that what they look like? Yeah. <laughs> Bill, that's a good description, actually. Uh, people cannot believe uh, when they open that little package when they buy it. Uh, those nematodes are absolutely minuscule. You can't, I can't see them. You can't see them to the eye. If you oh. put them under a microscope, you can see them. So that little sponge that you had actually had uh, thousands and thousands of, of tiny, tiny little nematodes in. Okay. I was just, I was just kind of worried there. I thought, yeah. did they all die and turn to dust? Oh, yeah, no. Well, that's a good. Uh, that's a, that, that's a very astute uh, thinking, actually. Um, and 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 uh, what you should check, actually, and that's a that's a great uh, question and tip. What you should check is uh, just like when you buy a medication, nematodes have a best before date on the package. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so actually, do make sure that um, a you're buying them from a you know, you know reputable uh, garden center, um, someone that's kept them refrigerated, um, kept a fresh stock. Uh, but, you know, buyer beware. Make sure you're checking the package and, and that uh, best before date uh, or expiry date uh, you're checking um, uh, before you do invest in it. So uh, good for you for following Charlie's advice. You're doing exactly the right thing. Frank and I never follow Charlie's advice. But, uh, <laughs> well, she, tells us, she tells us where to go is basically what <laughs> What he but, means. But, but, Bill, you're doing the right thing. Uh, nematodes are the way of the future. There's no question about that. So great advice from Charlie. Glad you followed it and glad you asked that question because many people will be buying them now and they should be doing the same thing I suggested. Check uh, that expiry date. Yeah. Oh, I was well within that date. So well, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So I guess I did everything you, right. You did. That's why you, you had the bell treatment from Frank, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank well, you. Thank you very much for your help. I really appreciate that. Thanks for the call. Hey, you appreciate the call. And have a great day. Thank you very much, and the same to you. And thank oh. you for joining us on the All show. Right. Bye bye. Boy, oh boy, I'm telling you, we're just loaded with first time really callers. Are. Honest to Pete, I'm sending this one out to Bolton and welcome Lenore to the show. Hi, Lenore. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Great. Thank you. My question is, I have a. Um, a trumpet vine mm, that you. I had been growing for years and years and years, but cut down uh, last fall. Yes. Now, it is coming up. It has traveled uh, in some places up to 20 feet away from the mother plant, and it's poking its head up, and they grow. If I don't get them, they grow uh, to be two or three feet uh, tall. Wow. Uh, it's very invasive. It's going near my weeping tiles, and I've heard that it, if there's any kind of cracks, it will just uh, get in there. It's going near my neighbor's pool. He's very nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know how to get rid of it. Mm. That's a possibility. Um, I personally wouldn't be too concerned about weeping tiles and things like that. It's really more invasive trees like willow trees that can get in and do real damage. Um, a trumpet vine 
in general won't cause many problems. But, um, you know, if, if you have a concern and neighbors have a concern, that's a good question. Uh, any plant that doesn't get light uh, to uh, produce chlorophyll to carry on is going to naturally die. So, Leonore, sometimes the, the best way to do that um, is just to get a thick, heavy-grade black plastic and cover those uh, little seedlings, saplings. Uh, they could be runoffs. They could be many ways that those uh, plants have escaped the mother plant. Um, you, by smothering it, uh, will naturally just um, uh, get rid of them, actually. Yeah. Okay. Should I pull them as they're coming no. up? Or what do I do with them? No, like just... Where they have to be dug out. <clears throat> yeah. Lenore, in general, when something's spreading like that, uh, by you pulling and tugging, you'll, you'll break it off and you'll, you'll actually... M- uh, make the problem worse. It'll actually spread more because you're almost propagating it. it, it so don't tug them. Uh, just look at maybe cutting them down to ground level um, and, and getting that uh, black, uh, black, heavy gray black plastic over the top of them uh, to make sure that you're, you no know, light's getting to it and it will naturally, naturally take care of it. Um, Beyond that, it's a bit of a major job, actually, digging up the whole area and getting down to the root system. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. We've tried, and yep. and they just go down forever, and then yep. they uh, spurt off one another. And instead of having one root, I find that I've yep. got a whole highway of them. Yes, yeah, that good description. And, and that's why, you know, killing the top, concentrating on the top, that will move down and eventually kill the, uh, uh, the root system of that little uh, offshoot. Yep. Okay. Have you, I've also heard that uh, if I pour vinegar on the roots, yep. that would kill them. Have you ever heard of anything <clears> like that? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, on, the, on the leaves, not, not the roots. Um, on and, the leaves, okay. Yeah, and it should be horticultural vinegar, not the fish and chip vinegar that Frank, Frank likes to use. <laughs> um, not malt vinegar, but, you, you know, go to a garden center and ask for horticultural vinegar. Horticultural vinegar. Yeah. And then what would I do, spray that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just spray it. Um, uh, it's great, very, uh, very uh, effective, earth, yeah. effective, and earth, as we like to say nowadays, earth, earth-friendly way of controlling problems. Yeah. Okay. Now, should I be concentrating on the? Uh, there were two like mother plants. Yeah. And they are still. Uh, every once in a while, a shoot comes out of there. Should the black plastic go over that? Should I be concentrating on them? Yeah, that's a good question, Lino. I would suggest that with if you can identify two main ones, actually take the vinegar and instead of spraying it, actually get a small paintbrush and, and actually uh, paint the vinegar onto the leaves. And it'll be more direct and more effective that way. Okay. All righty? Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Lenore, well, and we uh, are glad to welcome you to the show as a first-time caller, of course. Do call again. Uh, when Charlie comes back, I, she'll be back next week, I guess. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> she'll be out in the lawn with that wine bag of hers pulling weeds. God knows. You, you could uh, be on your own next week answering, that, that, answering gardening questions. That, uh, oh, my Lord, that wouldn't be good at all. No. <laughs> Uh, We have to take a little bit of a break here, Dennis, and uh, come back and have a chat with Jill in St. George. I want to find out where St. George is actually located in Ontario. Back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphinium. 
Williams. Stocks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet Williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the old sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here, of course. Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario with us, uh, doing a fine job. And, uh, by golly, we, we've had so many first-time callers this morning. I uh, can't believe it. Here is Jill... Welcome uh, as a first-time caller from St. George, um, given to understand. Uh, where is St. George, Jill? St. George is north of Brantford. Okay. And west of Hamilton, oh. near Cambridge, between Brantford and Cambridge. And what would the population base be there, roughly? About 2,000. Oh, well, hello to all the St. Georgeites yeah. <laughs> listening. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a lovely community. Yes, it, it does. Is. It's a beautiful little place. Oh, that's great. Okay, so you got a question for Dennis. Yes, I do. All right. Um, there was a big storm went through here in July. Yes. And it took out a lot of trees. And in our backyard, we have two big, large maples. And one of them, it, it, it's like they do when they're cutting hydro lines. It just <laughs> took two of the great, huge branches right out of the middle of it. Yeah. And it ripped them off, actually. Oh, dear. Now, will those be decaying? Should they be cut off and have something put on them? Like, I mean, hmm. they're up a long ways. We'd have to get someone to come and do it. But. Yeah. So um, uh, a couple of questions, Jill. I'm assuming that, you know, it was cleaned up, was it? The the, the brush that came down was, was cleaned up? Um, like the, the dead branches? I'm t- having trouble hearing you. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Jill. So my question would be, were the uh, were the, uh, the dead branches cleaned up, the ones that got were broken by the storm? The the branches were torn off and just oh. thrown down. We've cut them all up, but but you, I'm standing here looking at them. Yep. They're they're like points sticking up in the air. There's still yep. leaves growing on the other branches. Yep. Okay. So what I'm going to suggest is uh, what what possibly could happen is secondary decay and then secondary disease or insect problems. So you want to avoid that. So the answer is is if you can't do it yourselves, is to hire a professional to get up there. Uh, securely, safely on a ladder to trim off those ragged edges. What you want is a nice, clean cut back to the cambium uh, level, the cambium layer of the tree, so it has a chance to recover. Um, nowadays, we do not treat trees with that black tar stuff that they used to years ago. Uh, we found that it's much better for that tree to heal over naturally. Um, but if you leave those jagged parts, it's a little like us if you get a scrape on your knee um, and you don't wash it and clean it properly, uh, likelihood is you'll get an infection. So exactly the same principle with a tree. Uh, get it cleaned up. Um, get Make sure that that uh, cut is at an angle so the water runs away. And, and it's just a bit of a first aid, uh, Jill, for the tree itself, actually. But, but do it, yeah. It's, it's, thank it's, you very much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for giving us a call, Jill. And from St. George. Well, that's a first time for me. Yeah, Welcome St. somebody George. from St. George. Sounds yeah. lovely. It does indeed. Now, uh, Hamilton is a, a lovely area, too, in many respects. They have some wonderful uh, villages up there. In fact, my eldest son, Kelly, and the family will be moving uh, or have moved to an nice. area called Westdale. And are you familiar with Westdale? Yes, and they'll be asking you for gardening advice. Uh, yeah, yes, they will. I can see it. And I I. We'll foolishly give them some. Uh, okay. But Helen is calling in from Hamilton, so let's welcome her to the show. Hi, Helen. Uh, good morning, Dennis uh, and Frank. 
I have a question about two um, trees when they were very tiny, little I cut from other tree and plant them, plant them beside the wall behind my kitchen wall. And uh, I want to know if they are going to damage the foundation of the building because they are growing very much. Mm-hmm. One is black lace, one is rose of Sharon. Oh, well, you've, we, I was just going to ask you that. What, what, are, what are the plants? What are the trees? One is Rose of Sharon, one is Black Lace, which is Sambucus or um, uh, Elder Bush. And uh, Helen, the good news is absolutely no. Wow. Um, both of those uh, uh, shrubs um, have surface rooting. You can have them as close as you like to the, the house. They'll never do any damage. Um, what, what will happen if they're close to the house, of course, is the... Uh, the side of the plant that's close to the house won't grow very well, yeah. um, but you know that that's okay. Um, if they grow and they flower and you enjoy it, and that to me is the um, you know the 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 bottom line in gardening is is as long as you're still smiling, Helen. At the end of the day, yeah, you made my day. <laughs> and believe me, it is very hard for one senior doing this second replant, replace them, uh, uh, transferring. Well, how about the other one, black uh, smoke bush? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Royal, uh, royal smoke bush. They are, um, that is planted between two um, Alberta spruce. Mm. They were very tiny before, but now um, <laughs> that one is growing between those um, Alberta spruce. I want to know if the, um, they locate. They are very close and tied to each other mm. just leave them like that or i have to move the uh, purple bush yeah ideal bush. ideally helen i uh, i would say probably move move the the purple bush yeah I, I i would it'll overpower the little dwarf alberta spruce in time um so you've got two alternatives you really have to do some severe pruning um on that shrub or uh, ideally, uh, coming into September, the ideal month to move plants, cut it back by a third, find a new little home for it, and, a, and, a, and away you go. And um, it sounds like even though, Helen, you, 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 know, you said you're a senior, and, and yeah. you don't sound like a senior. Yes. You oh, s- oh, you're, you're not the same. Six years old, 60 years, that's the same. No problem. Oh, there, oh, you, well, go. there you go. You can get out there and do some gardening. <laughs> your email address or information about your site we can get reach to you yeah please. frank will give that yeah to sure you. the landscape ontario yes and uh, it's uh well if you want to get in touch with dennis himself here's the uh, official number for you or the yes. uh website yes. uh, d flanagan that's f-l-a-n-a-g-a-n d flanagan at landscapeontario.com that's simple okay uh, landscape Ontario. Landscapeontario.com. That's correct. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for giving us some uh, great good listening there. Actually, I like the way Helen pronounced it. Yes. It was nice. I love accents, don't you, Frank? Absolutely. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, we have time for one more call here. And I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if I'm going to have to sing the song to our producer. Hang down your head, James Dooley. <laughs> Do I, it. I, have, I have on my screen Warner. Is that correct, Warner, Warner from Whitby? Or is it Werner? Werner. W-E-R-N-E-R. Ah, W-E-R. Hang down your head, James Dooley. <laughs> okay. okay, gentlemen, I browse up. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> there we go. Okay, what do, we, uh, what do we have on the plate for you? Uh, I have a birch tree up front. 
and uh, more and more every year, it's lifting up my uh, interlocks. Oh, the roots. Can I take the stones out and cut the roots so it goes flat again? Hmm. Without yeah, doing yeah. any harm to the tree? Oh, Werner, you left which I, what I think could be the last question of the day to the most difficult question of the day. You you should probably get a little bell rang for the most difficult question of the day. Uh, yeah. Werner, if I was absolutely honest with you, I'd, I'd try to avoid that. Um, you, you know, birch tree, how old is it? How old is the birch tree? The birch tree? Yeah. Oh, uh, 25 years? Yeah, 25 years. So birch trees in uh, an urban setting, um, their lifespan is, is max about 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you disturb the root system, the less um, a sort of life you're going to have left in that tree. If you can do anything uh, to avoid uh, cutting those roots, I would. I understand your problem with the lifting interlock. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that, that maybe, yes, you lift the interlock. Um, if you can reduce the size of the interlock um, and, and put back a soft material like a, a, a bark chip, that would be the ideal solution. Um, if you can't, uh, then lifting that interlock and, and just regrading it without cutting the roots and, and, and just resettling uh, the, the interlock and... and uh, maybe uh, sort of put up with the fact that that interlock won't be exactly... And be like a second floor. Yes, yes. You named it perfectly. If you could create a second level, yeah. um, that would be the best way to do it rather than cutting those roots. Because you'll, you'll see on a, on a 25, 30-year-old uh, birch tree in the spring, if you start um, hacking away at those roots, you're going to see a detriment in the spring. So try to avoid it, Werner. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us from Whitby. And, you you know, uh, that's the final call we can squeeze in here. Just a minute left in the show. Uh, My thanks to you, Dennis. Now, you've brought something in here, Uh, several things, as a matter of fact. I I, I did, Frank. I'd like you to describe them. Well, one is certainly a green pepper. I see that one. Then there's a tomato. That's lovely. There's a nice little onion here. Uh, Is that a a, a Spanish onion? Yeah, yeah, cooking that. Spanish onion. onion. And another. Oh, no, here's a pepper. Yes. Pepper. What else? do we have down here oh and and a kind of purple pepper yes. too Mike. no 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 keep going but, mm. keep going you know what that is it, in fact you're going to get my uh, uh my prize of the day uh if you can tell me the two names for that. i'll give you the north american term, all right and you tell me the european term for it all right that's an eggplant eggplant there you go but, but what's well, the european I don't know. You do. We have to go. Aubergine. <laughs> aubergine. Oh, aubergine. <laughs> okay. Dennis, it's been a pleasure, hey, my friend. Frank, thank you. Thank you, and uh, thank you for listening. The guys uh, coming in the studio for Dave's Corner Garage. Bye for now. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.